What are the seven questions you need answered from your boss? The seven things you need to know about your boss or from the company of one mindset, your customer. So we're going to jump into those seven questions here in just a minute. Welcome to this episode of the Company of One podcast. I am your host, Dale Callahan. Here we are trying to help you increase your income, increase your earning power, and have more fun at work. Let's jump into the episode. So in a recent episode of Company of One, I covered the concept. On on episode number 174, I covered the concept of the Company of One. Went back over the Company of One concept again uh, over something I hadn't done in a while. I spend a lot of time talking about the Company of One concept to people in small settings and group settings. Uh, But knowing that we do a podcast called Company of One and people were asking me some questions as we got into some details, we went back over in episode number 174, what is the Company of One? And so now over these uh, next episodes, 175, 176, and the next couple, we'll be taking apart this and talking about how do we impact this to make money. So I was in a coaching call last night and today with people uh, that we're talking about this money. And a couple of people said things to me about how uncomfortable they felt uh, as they dealt with a company of one concept. And I, and I don't think they didn't mean um, that it was a bad concept, but it took them, as, as uh, one client said, it took me out of my comfort zone. And I, I felt really easy and really comfortable because I have a day job that makes me some money, and now you're making me feel uncomfortable. I said, excellent. You need to feel uncomfortable. And with the conversation continued about him feeling like he needed to, uh, that, that he had a great job, and as I was talking about making an additional $30,000, because I was giving him the $30,000 challenge, as we were talking through that and making additional 30000 how does that look to him? And he started uh, real, think, realizing that making 30000 more, he doesn't really know how to do that, And but he felt comfortable with his job. And so as we talked about it a little bit more, I tried to make him realize his job could go away tomorrow. As we're looking in the COVID situation uh, that's been going on recently as we're recording this, a lot of jobs have gone away, at least temporarily, and some may stay away. But there's things that have happened that have made people uncomfortable. That really wasn't anything that they did. And that's a normal occurrence in the corporate world. So when we talk about company of one, we mean you taking charge of your income source or your income sources. And in his case, we were talking about the fact that he has a single source of in- income. One decision made by a business owner, one decision made by a president, one decision puts him in a personal crisis. Now, maybe not a personal crisis. I was talking to somebody else today that uh, she told me she has, you know, if she got fired today, she could probably live for a year and a half without thinking too much about it. I thought that was pretty cool. That means you probably got too much cash sitting around, but that's a whole other issue. Uh, but either way, you got to take charge. So she was taking charge. This client was taking charge by the fact that she had a lot of cash saved up uh, to, to take charge of some of that. 
having a single source of income is dangerous. And as a company of one, you need to be able to understand where your money's flowing from and why it is flowing. So tonight, is with, before we get into the four roles of the company of one, which we'll start next week uh, with dealing with operations. We broke up the company of one. Every single company has four major functions, operations, marketing, finance, and research. All four of those operations take are, are in every single company, whether it's Apple or it's your mom and pop operation down the street. They may not be aware that they're doing all these things. They may not call it all of these things. They may not have a job title of all these things. But in a lot of corporations, we see something called chief operating officer, chief marketing officer, chief financial officer, and the chief research officer. Sometimes the chief research officer is a combination of other things. But under those four roles, we're going to start diving into, in the next couple of weeks, the operations. How do you become better at your job? And that's really what operations is about. How do you do a better job? And I mean you. How do you do a better job? How do you perform better so that you get paid more, so that you get recognized for what you do more? So. Then we'll deal with the marketing and other aspects. The operations is probably the most familiar to many people, but at the same time, we leave money on the table. But we're terrible at the others. We're terrible at the marketing and the finance and the research. Uh, so we're, go we're going to be diving into those very, very soon. Before we can do any of those things, we talked about last time the mindset of a company of one, the three kinds of people whether you are a, uh, a victim, whether you are a follower, or whether you are a leader. I hope that I've convinced you in episode number 175 to start thinking like a leader and to start uh, taking control, at least of your company of one uh, and all of your sources of income. But now as we deal in this episode, and this, by the way, is, is episode number 176, and the show notes are at dellcallahan.com slash 176. So what are the things that you need to do before you take charge of your company of one? And the number one thing that we've got to do is understand who is our customer. We talk about the company of one is an exchange. It's a relationship between a customer and a business, a company. And the people who hand over the money to you are your customer. In your case, it's probably your boss, your boss's boss, your company, whatever. It has a check or it's a direct deposit. And these are the people that you're serving. So we call that your customer because that's what it is. It's your customer. As a, as a, uh, we, we use the, the Walmart example. And Walmart, we understand, calls a person who takes out their wallet and hands in money. They call them the customer. To you, it's your customer too. So, however, you probably are calling that customer your boss. We might say your boss's boss. Maybe we may say a team lead, whatever. But I'm just going to simplify it today and say it's your boss. Now, when you really pull back the curtain, it becomes more complicated than that, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. But what we want to deal with are the seven things you must know about your boss or your customer. There, there's more, but these seven things you need to absolutely know. 
So too often we think about our job description is what describes what we're supposed to do on our job. And we all know that's a lie. We look at our job description and we it's usually a corporate joke. The job description is not there to tell you what to do. Job descriptions are written for legal reasons to protect the corporations more than you, maybe you a little bit, but it's mostly there to protect the corporation. So your job description probably doesn't say what you do, probably doesn't say what's important, uh, and you probably laugh about it if you even have seen it, and many of you have not. By the way, that's an entire human resources issue if you don't know what's on your job description. And if you have not seen your employee handbook, uh, that is an issue that uh, HR is failing on their job. But that's it. That's, a, that's in the weeds. So what is your real job description? That's what we want to get to today is what's your real job description? Your boss equals your customer. So when I'm talking about your boss now, I'm talking about your customer, the flow of money. And again, in the corporate setting, this customer or this boss can be multitudes of people. So it could be, and for most of us, it's our immediate boss, it's our boss's boss, uh, it may be a peer to our boss. You know, it's a complicated relationship. And I'm just going to lump them all into one. We'll deal with them one at a time. But first and foremost, your immediate boss, the person that you report to, the person you've got to make happy. So if you're a small business, this boss, this customer, there's a group of people. You're dealing with them one-on-one because they come through the door. It's like in Walmart. There's groups of customers and we deal with them one-on-one, but we can treat them as a group. We know we know what they think, what they worry about, what they care about, uh, and we kind of treat them. Walmart treats its customers as a group in terms of the study. They, they understand why people come to Walmart, what they want, what they value from Walmart, and they do research on that. That's what we want to do now. We want to do a little research and understand our customers so our company of one can maximize profit, can make more money. So the, uh, the customer, just to get, to get clarity again, is the person who can impact the flow of money into your pocket. All right, so that's what we're talking about. Uh, so this customer relationship, there's a couple of things that you need to know. First of what you need to know is who are they? Now, that's not really the seventh, but I want to just say, who are they? So what we try to do is we try to get our clients to you know, get a sheet of paper to start writing down all the people they think they serve. Your boss should clearly be on it, your boss's boss or uh, co-workers and teams. Get a clear list of who you think you serve. And then let's pick on the ones closest to us. And I'm going to focus primarily on your immediate boss here, but if you're smart, you're going to do this with your boss's boss and with your coworkers. You'll do this over and over and, and learn these seven things. And these seven things help you make more money. And that's why we're talking about it, right? Because we're selfish. We're going to focus on how do you make more money? Uh, so this client I'm talking to today, and she's making, I don't know what she's making, but she told me that she, her goal is to make $250,000 per year. I didn't ask her the details about where she was right now, but we just talked about what does that mean? What does that look like to make $250,000 per year? Can she do it at her current company? I know that she can. Uh, I know something about the company. I know people there are paid that much. Uh, she probably doesn't see that. That's okay. 
But when we start thinking about what does it take to generate $250,000 a year in her case, or whatever number you want to put on that, uh, it comes from a customer. That money has to flow from somebody. And, or some buddies, you know, in the case of uh, multiple streams of income. So the first thing I want to know about my customer, so I'm going to pick on your boss. Let's put, your, put, let's put you in a setting. You're in a corporate setting. You work for John. And so the first thing I want to know about John is what is his role in the organization? I mean, what's his responsibility? Um, think in terms of money. How does John and the impact what he does for a living impact the flow of money in the corporation? That's what we want to know. How does he do that? And some, how do I know that? I might just have to ask John. I might have to sit down with him and say, what's your role here? Because when you ask that, by the way, you're asking what your team's role is because your boss is over your team. What is our role in the organization? How do we make money flow? Uh, why are we important? If we go away, uh, what happens? So those are the kind of questions, and it's it's a little bit open-ended when I say what's your role, but you want to get clarity. But you want to get clarity not from your point of view. You want to get clarity from your boss's or your customer's point of view. What's their role? How do they feel that they fit into the big machine? Uh, that cog in the wheel we talk about in the large corporate uh, environment sometimes. How do they feel like they're a part of it? Now, this is a, sometimes a shocking question when people will go ask this of their uh, bosses because sometimes their bosses don't know. And that's a little scary if you work for them. Uh, but what you want to do is you want to find out. It may take a little educating your boss about why you're asking this question it may take uh, you prodding some, some leading questions a little bit to try to understand what's their role. How does it impact the flow of money into the company? And by the way, if it doesn't impact the flow of money into the company or out of the company, I mean, everybody's job is usually connected to making more money for the company or saving money for the company. If it's not tied to one of those, you want to really, really start looking closely about what's going on. Why are you there? Or in this case, why is your boss there? So that's number one. What is their role in the organization? And number two is what is their relationship to you? Now, I don't mean their personal relationship and how well you get along, but I mean, what do they provide for you? What kind of things do they think? And this is the important part, not what you think. What do they think they provide for you? Uh, do they provide a, or do you provide a service for them? Because as if, if I'm in a customer relationship, it's a two-way street, right? So for instance, if you go to somebody's house and you tell them you're going to do their lawn care service, uh, you're the business, they're the customer, but they need to provide for you what they want done. It's kind of like a spec sheet. Here's the amount of work I want done, right? I want to be clear. I want you to mow this side of the yard, but not that side. I want you to edge. I want you to trim the shrubs. I want you, I want, you know, we need to have a clear understanding of what's expected of us before we start doing the work. Most of you at work don't have that. You're working and you're showing up at work every day thinking you understand what your boss cares about, and you're wrong. Now, how do I know you're probably wrong? It's because I've done this hundreds, if not thousands of times with people that 
they're missing things. They're doing things that do, that do not matter, and they are not doing things that do matter, and uh, they're, uh, they're, they're setting the wrong priorities. Not because they're trying to, it's just because the communication is not there. So when I say your relationship with your boss, you need to really understand what it is that they are expecting, because this relationship is you handing products and services to them. In this case, you're handing services primarily. What kind of things do you give them? What do they expect from you? What kind of guidelines are they giving you? And again, this is a conversation that you need to have to be able to understand what's going on. So what's their role in the organization? Where do they fit in? And then what's the relationship? What's and another way of saying this is some expectations. What are their expectations that they're looking for from you? But I like to look at it as a relationship because um, it's, it's this give and take. Right? It's not a one-way thing. Expectations are, are, we always say, Johnny tells us what his expectations are and we go do them. No, nah, it's, it's not that easy. There's a relationship. There's a give and take back and forth. So you want to you understand that. Um, so the third thing you want to know, and this is where we start to get down a little deeper, what do they value? Every one of us values something different. Uh, so you always hear people say, uh, to, you know, and this is kind of the old adage, is to be successful at work, you need to show up before work time and stay until after. And uh, you know, take a short lunch. In other words, be present was the whole message. If you're just present, that means a whole lot. Show up on time or before time. Um, that's probably fine if that's what your boss values. If your boss doesn't value that, and here's one clear way to knowing, they don't show up on time either. They, they're not there. But what do they value? And the only way you're going to know is to start to ask them. And so by, all, by the way, all of these things what I'm talking about is a conversation, and maybe it's multiple conversations where you just sit down and you say, hey, I'm trying to understand what's going on. You know, what, what's your role in an organization? How do we fit in? You know, uh, what's our, what do you expect from me? And, and what, kind of, you know, what kind of parameters are we doing? What's, what's important? What do you value? And sometimes just asking that question, you'll see the words come out of their mouth. Sometimes they'll give you the, what I call the happy talk. You know, that uh, they tell you what, every, what you expect to hear. I value hard work, honesty, and integrity. If you're not honest, you should be fired. So let's just discount that one. Uh, I was a, I was an implementer for the uh, entrepreneurial operating system. Um, some of you may be familiar with that, the book Traction. And one of their rules of thumb is if your if your company, if that's one of their uh, corporate values is honesty and integrity, that's a joke. That's that's a given. We should and if they talk about it, and you should fire people that aren't. So that's not, if, if you do, but sometimes you do get that happy talk. So what's the relationship to you? What are you looking for? Or, I'm sorry, what do they value? And this may take a little digging. Maybe you have to get away from the word value. It's, you know, what's important to you uh, that, you know, in, in what I do, you know, because some people care a lot about you showing up uh, looking professional at meetings in the right dress, sounding professional. Some people care more about you have a great relationship with a team and you get along. So it's in that case, it's okay to maybe even be a little silly and just have fun with each other. 
Uh, some people are, you know, are, are more about the numbers. We care about some, you know, I care mostly, I value people who really give me hard data and hard numbers. And, and that's what you've got to just understand. And that's some of it, if you've been working for them for very long, you might have a clue because you've noticed them get irritated because of things or you've noticed them focus on things. But you want to understand what they value. Because if you go, if, you, if you've been in a situation where you change bosses, where one boss values relationships and the next boss just values a checkbox, it's a wildly different situation. Uh, and it's you know, not saying one of them is wrong or right, it's just different things and you need to understand what they value. So the fourth question I like, and I love to ask this question of everybody, is what keeps you awake at night? And this one will catch them off guard uh, more than anything, is uh, because they'll say things like, "Nothing keeps me awake at night. I have no stress at all. I don't worry about anything." That's probably a lie, uh, but or maybe they're not human. Maybe they're a droid. But what keeps you awake at night? And that's what you're really asking about. What is it that really concerns you? What's the things that you think are about to blow up on our face, on our team? So this is you're talking to your boss, your customer. What do you think is going to blow up? What are you worried about? Uh, what, what's the thing that you think we're barely hanging on to that if it goes wrong, uh, we're in a mess? So I asked that question to a company, to a president of a company uh, one time, and they were shipping stuff, and they were putting stuff on ships and shipping it out. And they, what they were shipping was piles of sawdust, essentially. Uh, we won't get into the story, but his concern was that's biodegradable material and it will self-combust. And the thing that was missing in all of their process is what happens if it catches on fire on the barge. And they didn't have an answer for that. And that kept him awake at night. So when I asked that very question, what keeps you awake at night, he gave me that answer just like that. Without, without batting an eye, he knew what worried him. So I did this with a CEO of a hospital. Same thing. He knew exactly what worried him. He wasn't worried about ships burning down. He had some other issue. So you know, if your boss knows what it is, great. Get it out there. If not, kind of talk it out and say, and just ask the question, what's going, what might blow up? What's the thing that we're not covering that's kind of the, the gotcha? Uh, and, and understanding that. And, and you don't have to come up with a solution. You just need to know. So the fourth, I mean, the fifth, that was the fourth thing, is the fifth thing is what are their priorities? Um, and this is, this is always a fun one because you've probably done this kind of. You know, we talk about priorities. And a lot of people will say you priorities cannot have an S because there can only be one priority, right? Everything cannot be a priority. But you're trying to ask, you know, you got to be a little generous here because they're going to have more than one. What's the priorities? What matters? And the way I always say is, you know, when everything's burning down, when the world's on fire, what's got to happen? What must happen? And that's where you try to understand priorities. For instance, a lot of manufacturing plants, uh, the safety engineers will tell me, Safety is number one. My CEO says it. Safety is number one. That's the critical thing. And I'll, I will ask them, I say, well, go back and ask your CEO, when everything in the world's burning down, when everything's going haywire, 
What's more important, production or safety? What's number one? Almost every time, it's production. That might not surprise us. That sometimes surprises these safety engineers. But And, and I'm not judging them. You just got to know what is priority, and you got to figure out how to work your job around that. What is priority? Uh, and again, this is a conversation. None of these things are probably going to roll off their tongue straightforward. They might. So number six, how do they win? And I mean them. How you might ask this even a different way. How does you how do you look good to your boss? What is it you do that your boss cares most about? How do you win? How does our team win? That's really what you're asking. How do we look awesome in the eyes of the corporation or the eyes of the bigger boss? Uh, that's what we want to know is, is what does winning look like? That's the conversation I'm always having when I'm on teams is we talk about things we're trying to do, and I'll say, what does a win look like? And what we're looking for is clarity, Right? We're looking for what's most, you know, this is a priority, but it's, a, it's the priorities up the food chain. What matters most? And what, uh, what is it that you're going to get rewarded for the most? So number seven is by, the, that by this time, if you've had this, if you've had this in one conversation or multiple, you should start getting a clear idea. But number seven is the important part. How do I serve you? We've talked about what's the role in the organization, what's the relationship we've had. We've talked about what do you value. We've talked about what keeps you awake at night. We've talked about how do you win, what are priorities. But I want to know, how do you see me serving you? My job is to, you're the boss. My job is to serve you. How do I serve you? And I just let that hang. I let that hang and let them answer it. All of these questions, by the way, let me just re reiterate them. What's your role in the organization? What's your relation? What is our work relationship? How are we to each other? What do you value? Uh, what keeps you awake at night? What are your priorities? How do you win? And how do I serve you? If you can get these seven things and you could get clarity on these seven things, uh, this is going to be awesome. So here, why do you care about these seven things? Why do you care? Why do you even care to have this conversation? Number one, most people are never going to have this conversation. I know because I have to almost force people to have these conversations with their bosses. Most people will not have these conversations or they'll think they already know the answer. But when you, when you know it, you know what matters and you know what work has to be done with quality. And you might be thinking, well, all work has to be done with quality. Sure, that would be nice, but some things got to be done really, really well and you know, put together with all the uh, I's dotted and the T's crossed and everything put together perfectly. And some other things just need to be done. But more important, some things don't need to be done and you may be spending time doing them. You need to know what you can ignore. And this is the fun thing, is when you realize there's things that you're doing that are of no value whatsoever and you can just ignore them. And it tells you what information your boss or your customer expects to see from you. 
And this is important because one of the things you want to do is keep feeding them what they want to be fed. Because in the world of work, information is the food. You know, if you have your pet running around the house, they want food. And if you keep them fed, they're a happy, loyal pet. If you keep your boss fed or your customer fed by the kind of things they need from you, they're going to be happy and the relationship's going to be happy. This is true with your boss at work, right? You're giving them the data they need right before they go to the meeting. You're keeping them informed of everything that's going on, whatever is important to them. But it's also true if you're a contractor working on my house and you're painting my house. If you're keeping me informed, you know, day to day, here's where I am, here's work's got to be done, here's what here's we need to do, fix this over here. Keeping me informed by what matters to me uh, is critical to the relationship and how I feel about the job that you've done. So these are the things that you and your customers uh, that you need to deal with with your boss. And again, your boss in the company of one model is at least one of your customers. So I would recommend asking these questions and having these conversations multiple times. The more you do, the more you learn, the more you learn, the more you can earn. And this isn't just talk, it happens all the time. People begin to be clued in to what adds value with all their customers. They become, everybody becomes happier and you earn more money. All right, that's it. Next week, we're going to dive into the issue of operations. And we're going to dive into how do you become better at your job. So these questions are relevant, but how do you become better at your job, actually performing your job better? What are the things that you need to do to do that? Till that, we'll be back here. We'll be back here next week again for on the podcast. I mean, I'm sorry, on the Facebook Live at 6 o'clock at uh, facebook.com Del Callahan slash Del Callahan. I think that's right. I can't tell from where I'm sitting now. And then on the podcast, which released so Thursday night, we do it preview. And then on we release to the world on the podcast world on Tuesday morning, crack it on. Talk to you next week.